We've got some fresh new young talent doing some things that I know you haven't heard before. One, two, three, listen. You gotta have a like the why, and we know our why. So I think you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Millions and millions of people have done this already. You can get help, you can get a roadmap, you can save a lot of time, money, and frustration. Welcome to the Value Add Podcast with K&K. Welcome back to another episode of the Value Add Podcast with K&K. Things are looking a little bit different these days on the podcast. Yes, we're podcasting from home. We have been. So, um, your lovely bedroom in the background. Yes, welcome to our <laughs> lovely studio in our bedroom. We're super excited for this episode. I definitely am. Um, I, I learned what a nerd I am, I guess, because uh, we had Tom Wheelwright on, and honestly, it was one of the best episodes. There's so many nuggets. You guys definitely are going to want to take notes. Um, but if you don't know who Tom Wheelwright is, Kenny, do you want to share a couple things that you know? How did you find Tom? Oh boy. So as my wife knows, I spend a, I don't spend my time watching news, watching BS as I spend my time watching Kardashians. No, I don't. I spend my time listening, podcasts, interviews, things like that, which is super, I'm super grateful for, for all that because we can learn so much these days. But I found Tom through a couple things. Number one, just listening, just listening to a Robert Kiyosaki podcast, he popped up. Um, number two, another person that we actually have on our podcast that's coming out soon is uh, Brad Sumrock. And uh, if I said his name correctly, I, I listened when he mentioned publicly what he did on our thing that he made four or five million dollars a year and paid zero taxes. I was like, what? So I immediately went to Crystal and said, we're missing something. And then also a friend of ours um, found out using them and I found out other people were using them that I knew too. Um, you know a couple other people that I didn't mention to you. But anyway, so Tom uh, travels the world with Robert Kiyosaki. That's how he's claimed to fame is. So Tom, they were literally go, I mean, Crystal will tell you he was in Singapore because he had some cool funky glasses on. But Tom is just an educator. And just like Robert, just like a lot of these guys is, there's no glitz, there's no glamor. It's fully, basically, right here is what you see is basically tax-free wealth, how to build massive wealth by permanently lowering your taxes. That's what Tom teaches you. And basically, Crystal also, and I are, you know, we're, we're not just talk, we're not just like talking to Tom, but we're actually living proof. So he, Tom also has a business called WealthAbility. Kenny and I have both been through it. Um, we also use a CPA that's in his network. So we're learning, basically they're trained under him um, as CPAs. So, uh, and they participate in his kind of methodology. So uh, we definitely subscribe to this and I've recommended multiple clients and friends to them. Uh, so we've had a really good, a lot of good luck, but, um, and hopefully you guys will too. So he kind of gives you some of his insight and tips and tricks on taxes and uh, and I think they yeah. have 40 plus or somewhere around there um, CPA firms underneath and you know Tom also is an educator of other CPAs. so if you have a CPA and you want help Tom's there to help you out too so it's kind of cool to talk to Tom we've been wanting to do a podcast with Tom we actually were gonna do it last year we did end up doing it and the time is right now so not only are we talking about taxes but we're also talking about today like right now what you can do today to save money if you're a real estate investor business owner stuff like that so guys you should definitely listen pay attention and one thing crystal agree with me is get out your pen get out your paper and you're going to take some serious notes and i promise you you're going to learn some serious nuggets so without further ado we've got tom wheelwright 
Let's jump into it. Tom, thanks for joining us. Um, if pe people that don't know you, can you just give a little bit of background, your story, and basically how you landed here today with what you do and all the great stuff you're doing? Sure. Well, thank you. I, uh, briefly, I uh, grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah, um, and uh, went to the University of Utah for my undergraduate degree, went to the University of Texas for my master's of tax degree, spent uh, seven years at uh, Ernst & Young, including three years in their national tax department. Actually, um, 1986, we had a major tax bill. I was back there. So, um, and I was mostly doing training for the CPAs around the country. That's what I did. And then uh, came back, came to Arizona and uh, was in their real estate tax practice. From there, I joined a Fortune 500 company, was their in-house tax advisor. Um, from there, I went to a, um, another large firm and didn't last very long there till they fired me. And uh, then I started my own firm. So that was over 25 years ago. And since then, I've been um, building and selling CPA firms. Uh, I've been traveling the world with Robert Kiyos and Kim Kiyosaki. Um, been writing books with Robert. My own book, Tax-Free Wealth, as you know, has uh, been a, a, an unbelievably huge bestseller, which is shocking for a tax book. And, uh, <laughs> and um, now we have a network. Uh, we've established a network of CPA firms around the country so that uh, more and more people can get access to um, reducing their taxes and building their wealth. Well, we're definitely part of the family too. So we're part of Wealth Wealthability. We've watched a bunch of the videos on there and we use ProVision for our taxes. You see my shirt, year, so. Generational Wealth. So, I like it. I like you know, it. So, that, so how we met you, just so people know, is um, we were, I think I was actually a friend, actually Monty's, um, her boyfriend actually uses your network. And then I had heard, you know, Brad Sumrock on a podcast. Obviously, I listened to Robert. Then I started hearing, I heard you on an episode. And I said, wait a second. And I had Crystal listen. I said, I think this is what we need, what we're looking for. Somebody that just understands the law um, so they can guide us in the right direction. And, you know, here we are today and we're, we're using your services. And obviously, we're gaining more knowledge as we, you know, get to talk to you guys and read your books and stuff like that. So I want to jump right into it. Um, first things first is we do financing, as I told you before, and we look at tax returns and we look at things. And sometimes we look at tax returns and be like, this CPA is just not doing you any favors. And one of the big things that you're known for is obviously saving people a lot of money. And can you just kind of give us like how that's so important, but also how understanding the tax law is probably more important. Well, so, so of course, first thing to understand is your biggest single expense is taxes, right? And, and people tend to forget that because it gets withdrawn from their paycheck or, you know, they, they, they set aside money during the year. And so, you know, when, you, when you're an entrepreneur, you tend to see it because you get hit with those big tax bills. I write the big check every year. I definitely don't miss it. <laughs> so uh, what, what most people don't understand is how the tax law works. And I think that's the challenge for most CPAs is that they think that the tax law is a way to raise revenue for the government, which while it is that, it's more, it's actually more of the tax laws geared towards telling people what the government wants to be done and giving them a reward if they do what the government wants done. 
So if the government wants you to hire employees, I mean, let's look at the CARES Act right now, right? The Paycheck Protection Program. You hire employees, you get a, ta a government benefit. Um, so, you know, the, the government's just telling you what to do. Once you learn how to do that and what to do and you go do what the government wants, you pay less tax. It's actually pretty simple, but most people see the, the tax law as something to be afraid of. I see the tax law as something, it's just the best way in the world to build wealth. So one of the things that we kind of tell our clients or we've even experienced in our own, you know, life is that most CPAs just kind of do your taxes and move on. They don't really tend to give you suggestions or help you with strategy. Can you tell me like in your view, what you, what we're paying for every year when we pay a CPA to do our taxes, should there be guidance or you know? Well, it, it really depends on what you want the CPA for. If, if you want somebody who's a historian and just wants to get the tax, your tax returns out of the way, that's fine. But, you know, you, you really have to look at, is my advisor an expense or is my advisor an asset, right? An asset pays dividends, right? An asset builds you wealth, whereas an expense is something you're trying to minimize that expense. So if, if all you're looking at is, it's really up to you to determine what's your perspective on your team members, on your advisors. If you go, well, look, I just want this tax return done. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to learn anything. Uh, there's nothing I can do to reduce your taxes. I can tell you what you have to do, but I can't do it for you. So if you're not willing to participate in it, in, in, um, you know, in your building, in your wealth building, if you want to turn it over to somebody else, then probably you should just use somebody who's a historian. But if you want to actually make an impact on your wealth, and particularly on your taxes, your, the biggest single um, amount of dollars that you spend, frankly, you could have back and invest, then what you want to be doing is uh, meet with a tax advisor who actually understands the law and is looking forward, not backward. So the challenge is CPAs tend to look backward. Uh, most of them, what we try to do at WealthAbility is look forward. And then I think a lot of the problem is too, Tom, is like a lot of people, they have a tax guy, it's one person, and he's busy doing taxes all year. So I guess he says he's working, you know, what is it, in your business or on your business instead of in it. But it's like, how do you guys, and then you guys, you know, you create this huge platform for CPAs to plug into. That's what I think, where you guys have people that are going out, learning the law, understanding the law, and then obviously probably training and teaching CPAs. Is that kind of how it works? We do. We, um, one of the challenges in our industry, unfortunately, is a lack of good education. And it's not that people don't want, you know, that, that we don't have, a, I mean, there's a lot of smart people, right? But they don't know how to teach the law and how to teach the principles and how to teach analysis. And that's all I've done for the last 40 years is learn how to teach the law, right? So we create systems for the CPAs to follow. And when, when you have a system, of course, the CPA is really good at following instructions, right? So if you have good instructions, then the CPA can follow those instructions. We just developed a system for reducing taxes that kind of walks people through the steps that I think everybody should go through. You've been through those steps. And it's walking through those steps. It's actually not the CPA themselves. Um, we don't have CPAs that are any smarter than any other CPAs. We don't. I'll be completely transparent here. Our CPAs just have our system, and our system is better than any other CPA system. 
And so when they license our system, when they get to use our system and they're trained in our system, then all of a sudden your taxes start going down and down and down and down. The, you know, the, the ultimate goal is the title of the book, Tax-Free Wealth. I like what you said though about people needing to have be actively involved in saving money and taxes because when we started with you guys, and I think anything that's been good in our lives that we've done well with has been a lot of work, but there was definitely, you got to be prepared for the homework. (laughs) There was a lot of homework, but we learned so much and it is really rewarding to actually feel like you play an active role in saving yourself money and taxes because you learn so much there and you learn more strategy moving forward in your business, whether it's investing or owning a business or hiring employees. It's, it's better to walk into something much more educated and that's what we've had with WealthAbility, but it has not come without a lot of work. <laughs> well, no, well, think, think about this. So every day you bring in money and that money is either taxable or it isn't depending on what you, how, how you deal with it. Every money, every day you spend money and that money is either deductible against your taxes or it isn't depending on how you deal with that. So every single day you, you have the opportunity to impact your taxes and it's in those daily actions, you know, like which credit card do I use? Okay. How do I document this expense? Um, you know, what do I put into my home office? Um, you know, I don't want to be putting that. I don't, I don't want my, my kids having their entertainment center in my home office because then I lose my home office deduction, right? Those little things that happen on a daily basis have a big, big impact on your taxes. Well, you're the only ones who can control that. So if you don't have the basic understanding, the, the, the challenge is, is that so many people are, they go, oh, the taxes are so complex. But the, the concepts are really simple. I mean, the concepts are really simple. If you have an expense in your business that your intention is to make money and you document it properly, you get a deduction. It's that simple. You know, it doesn't have to be complex. That that one of the problems is that CPAs and tax advisors, tax preparers, they have a tough time speaking English sometimes. I catch myself on that. Robert catches me all the time on stage. Says, Don, that's way too complicated. You need to stop. We're in front of the tent. <laughs> it's too complicated. And uh, and you know, and so and so I have to stop myself. I mean, literally, I'm yesterday. I'm talking to a marketing person, and they're saying this is too complicated. So I go, well, what if we said it this way? And then all of a sudden they go, oh yeah, well that's easy. I'm going, well, you know, that's the thing is that that's the whole point of, you know, writing a book like Tax-Free Wealth is you want to make it simple because the concepts really are not that hard. All the details, that's what you need a CPA for, but the, the actual concepts that you have to deal with on a daily basis, they're, they're not that hard, but you do have to deal with them. So I want to go into, I know you didn't come up with this. I believe your good pal, Robert Kiyosaki did, but the cash flow quadrant, I think it's one of the best, easiest broken down, just four sectors um, of kind of like, this is how the, this is kind of like how you're looked at as a person or a business or whatever, when you pay taxes, can you kind of go through that for somebody sure. that doesn't just break it down of where you want to be and why you want to be over there? Well, so, so basically there's four fundamental ways to make money. Um, you can make money as an employee, as a self-employed person or a small business. You can make money as a big business or you can make money as a professional investor, right? So, um, 
we don't include mutual funds and so forth in that I quadrant, that professional investor. They, that's really part of being an employee. Okay, so, and you're never gonna make a lot of money doing that anyway. So if you think about it, okay, now how are these, Robert and I went through this uh, a few years ago and he said, okay, in the cash flow quadrant, how are these different quadrants taxed by the government? How does the government look at these different um, ways to earn money? And for, you know, it used to be back in the 30s and 40s, okay, um, individuals, employees didn't pay tax at all. They didn't pay tax. That was not how the system worked. It has evolved since then to now employees pay almost all of the tax. So what happens is that if you're an employee and you're doing well as an employee, you're probably paying 40% or more in taxes. If you're self-employed, it gets worse because if you don't have good tax advice, because you're paying both your share of the taxes and you're the employer, so you're paying the employer's share of the taxes, you actually could be paying up to 50 to 60% in taxes, which is pretty serious money. Yeah. Um, you know, when you think about more than half of your life is spent working for the government, that's, um, that's not fun. Uh, nobody, <laughs> I don't think anybody, I don't even, <laughs> all, all, only Congress wants to do that and they barely work 50% of the time anyway, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so then you have big business. Well, big business, why would big business, you know, they're basically being taxed at 20% rate. Why, why is that? Well, because they hire a lot of people, right? They're the big employers. So what happens is that the government says, look, if you employ people, we're going to give you tax benefits. If you do research and development like big business does, we're going to give you tax benefits, right? So there's all these tax benefits that tend to be geared towards big business. But here's the great thing. You don't have to be big to take advantage of those big business tax benefits. You can do that as a small business owner. You can do that as a self-employed person. The, the difference is you just have to behave like them. You know, you have to do what they do in order to get the tax benefits they get. And then there's the professional investor. Now the professional investor is the most privileged um, person on the face of the earth and not just in the US, this is true in every country. And the professional investor can easily get their taxes down to zero. I mean, really easily. I've seen professional investors do it. I, I had one client who did it in a single year. He went from paying over a million dollars in taxes to paying zero in one year. We know who that is. You know who that is. Yeah, yeah. Right? He well, openly admitted it on our podcast last, yeah. last week. So that, that's Yeah, just, just to jump in, we interviewed him. So it was public. So I'm going to say it is, he said, I, not to brag, but he said, I, I said, I, I told him that I had talked to you and I said, we did a Zoom call and I said, um, he said, I was bragging about paying a million dollars a year. And I said, I think he said he was doing a bit with you. And you said, hey, that's kind of stupid. You shouldn't be bragging about something. That doesn't actually mean you're smart if you paid zero. And he's like, excuse me. So he said, I'm making four or five million dollars a year and I pay zero or a hundred thousand dollars a year. And I was like, that's it. And I was like, can you repeat that? Because I don't think people understand that's possible. Yeah, so, so what happens is, is that the professional investor, that there's so many incentives in the law, you know, and, and he's a real estate investor and they're the most preferred right now. I can't imagine it has anything to do with who's the president, but yeah, <laughs> um, they, they are, okay. In 86, the, the, the last big tax law changed before 2017, they were hammered. Real estate was absolutely hammered. They were the least favored. 
this time they're the most favored. That's the way the pendulum goes, right? It goes from one side to the other. So real estate gets big tax benefits, energy gets big tax benefits, business gets big tax benefits. The only thing that doesn't really get big tax benefits is stock investing. And there are tax benefits there, they're just not at the same level as, um, as, as, as actually doing your own business. So if you think of stock is just a derivative of a business, right? So you're not the business, the business is getting the benefits. You're just a stockholder, so you don't get, you're kind of one tier down or two tiers down if you're an, a, an ETF. So you're not really, you know, you're not taking the risk of the actual business owner. You're rather, you have a piece of that business, so you've been able to spread your risk. And so the government says, well, we're not gonna give you as big a tax benefit. So um, it's, it's really that simple. Uh, you know, if, if and it, by the way, you don't have to be a big uh, investor to get the benefits of the eye. Just like you don't have to be a big business, you can do this part-time, you can do this, be, be a small business owner, um, you can be a small investor. People who own a, a fourplex can get the same benefits as people who own a um, high-rise, right? So, because the law is written, the, the way the Constitution works in the United States, at least so far, is that everybody has to be treated the same, right? If you're in the same situation, you have to have the same result. But the problem is, is that people don't understand this. This is, this is why I spend my days doing podcasts and interviews and TV and radio and writing books is because people just don't understand that that law is there to serve you, right? It's not there to punish you. It's there to serve you if you allow it to serve you. Um, I, obviously like, so we're, a lot of people listen to us are primarily focused on real estate, the real estate investors. So can you kind of talk about, I know, obviously there's bonus depreciation, right? You know, currently that's huge. Um, and also there's somebody that's either, you're either active or not active. And can you kind of explain the difference and basically where you see people that you're doing taxes for in real estate, how they're really taking advantage of this, you know, of the laws and benefiting them? Well, you know, the, the big, uh, like you mentioned, the, the big benefit in real estate is what we call depreciation. Now you think about it, it's depreciation is an expense, but the difference between depreciation expense and, and like an expense where you buy supplies. You know, you buy the supplies, you use up the supplies, you're done, right? So you don't have a long-term benefit. With depreciation, you're actually buying an asset, a building, and you're buying um, the contents of the building, you're buying the landscaping, you're buying the land itself, and that's gonna last a long time. In fact, it may not even go down in value, it may go up in value. And so, but still, it, there is wear and tear. And so the government recognizes there's wear and tear. Now, here's where the government gets a little funky in their accounting. They go, look, okay, so land, we all gonna agree land doesn't wear out. So we're not gonna give you any kind of a deduction for the land. Buildings, they wear out, but they wear out over a longer period of time. Now we think that residential buildings wear out faster than commercial buildings, probably true, okay? There's, there's a lot more wear and tear on a residential building. And so a residential building, they say, well, that wears out over about 27 years, whereas a commercial building wears out over say 39 years. And that's just an arbitrary number they came up with years and years ago, back in 1986, uh, back, yeah, 1980, actually back in the 1980s. 
Oh. <laughs> and uh, a long time ago, a long time, ago. <laughs> uh, even before my time. Anyway, and and so building it's going to be a little bit. But then there are a couple of other things that you buy that are just a a big expense, a big part of what you're paying for, but they wear out a lot faster. For example, all your everything that's inside your building, your floor coverings, your window coverings, your your ceiling pans, I mean everything, you know, even some of your cabling, right? It, it's just not going to last 27 and a half, 27 years or 39 years. So what they say is, well, look, we think that's going to last. The government says it'll probably last five to seven years. So that's, we're going to get a, a deduction over five to seven years. And with landscaping and outdoor lighting stuff, they say, well, we figured that'll last about 15 years. So we get to deduct over 15 years. So obviously, if you divide by 15, that's a much bigger number than if you divide by 27 or 39. Right now, what happened in 2017 was massive. First time ever, they said, look, if it's either a land improvement, that's that 15 year property, or it's, a, it's the contents of your building, you can write that off in the year you buy the building. Crazy. So when, we, and now cost segregation, when you, when you talk about a cost segregation, that's simply identifying those different components of the building. That's all it is, right? How much of the, how much the purchase price was land, how much was building, how much was contents, and how much was land improvements. Well, once you have that number, okay, what you'll find is, is that it's typically gonna be 20 to 30% of your purchase price. Well, if you consider that if you leverage, like uh, Kiyosaki always talking about, is leveraging your real estate. If you leverage your real estate, you may actually end up with a first year deduction that's greater than your initial investment, <laughs> which is stunning. I mean, we've never in the history of the world have we seen that. Uh, in an asset that's not really going down in value, right? So it's continue to make money for you, and yet you get this big tax write-off. Well, that's just the government saying, we want to prop up real estate. We, we want you to go out and develop new real estate. And if you do so, we'll take part of the risk, okay? We'll, we'll take that 40%. You know, if you pay 40% in taxes, we'll pay 40%. You pay 60%. And then when you make money, eventually guess what? We're going to take our, our pound of flesh when, you know, we're, I mean, you're a partner with the government at that point, yeah. right? Okay. Now, how you take that deduction, everybody, everybody can do cost segregations. Everybody can do bonus depreciation. Um, doesn't matter who you are. However, there are limitations, okay, on who gets to do it. Now, if you're a, if you're a full-time professional in real estate, you're going to get hundred percent of those deductions against any kind of income that you have. Okay, not a big deal. Um, you could have like, um, and if let's say that you're, you know, one of you is uh, full-time real estate and the other has a job. Well, the full-time, the, the real estate losses can offset the job, right? Because it's, it's a combined tax return. Okay, so that's easy. If you're really full-time, that's called a, a real estate professional. On the other hand, there are people who, you know what, they don't, make a whole, you know, they're, they're making less than $100,000 a year and they're doing some, you know, they're, they're actively participating in their real estate. They're buying the real estate. They, they may be managing the real estate, but they have a full-time job. Well, those people can claim up to $25,000 of losses a year. Okay. That's called an active, active real estate um, investor. Then there's the rest of us like me who are never going to be professional real estate professionals and our income is way over. $100,000.
Okay, so how, what do we do? Well, here's the thing. The way the rules are written, it's not written that you don't get the loss. It's written that the loss from your real estate can only offset income from other businesses that you don't actively participate in. So the key there is that that's when you need a good tax advisor because any tax advisor can explain real estate professional. Any tax advisor can explain what, you know, that active, that $25,000. But it takes a very serious tax advisor to allow somebody that's full-time in their business and only part-time in real estate or um, uh, an investor in syndication, in syndicated real estate, right? It, it takes some really good tax advisory services in order to be able to do that. But here's the key. Everybody can do it. Everybody can do it. It is literally, there is not a case where you can't get the tax benefit. Um, I was on the phone just the other day with a, um, the CPA for a fairly big real estate developer. You're telling me this story. Yeah. And, um, and it was shocking, frankly, it was shocking because I said, I don't understand. My client got their K one. That's, that's how you report your, your income or losses from the real estate. And there's like no loss on it. What's going on? Didn't you do a cost segregation? Didn't you take bonus depreciation? They said, Oh no, 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 we don't do that. I said, well, why nice is well, because most people don't get to take advantage of that because that's a passive loss. And I said, so wait a minute. So, you're saying that your clients don't get to take it, but guess what? My clients all get to take it. And guess what? A third of your investors are my clients. So a third of your investors are missing out on depreciation that they could have wow. taken. Okay. And, and, and the reason is because you didn't think that maybe even if there's just one or two, that's a huge benefit and it doesn't hurt anybody else. Okay. It's not that expensive to do. And some people are going to eat And I said, but you know, and it was, it was really interesting. I said, wait a minute. I've seen prior investments where you did cost segregations. And he said, yeah, we did them on this project, this project, this project. I'm going, Oh, those are the projects where I actually called up ahead of time and forced the cost segregation. Oh my gosh. So Unbelievable. You know what? It's, it's just shocking that people don't do this as a normal course, but a lot of it's just because the CPAs are making the decisions. And here's one thing I would be really clear on. Don't like CPAs. Don't let a, don't let an accountant make a decision for you. You know, get advice from them, make your own decision. Um, one thing you said before that I love on a podcast was that when some people say I need an, a CPA who's more aggressive and you said, no, no, they don't need to be aggressive. They just need to understand the laws. So that's like, I say that to people all the time now. I'm like, you need a CPA that understands the laws that can guide you, but you have to be your own advocate. You're, you care about your money more than anybody else does. Exactly. That, that, the, the thing is that, you know, people say, people call me an aggressive CPA all the time. And it just drives me crazy because I actually think I'm the most conservative CPA on the planet. I would never do anything I didn't completely understand and completely agree that this is the way the law works. Okay. I would never take an aggressive position ever, ever, ever. Okay. The difference is, is I spend my days studying the law. It's like you said, I just under, I've just spent 40 years really learning the law. I mean, we have a new bill. We have a new bill just came out. I'm reading the bill before it's ever even passed. 
I'm going to read it again once it's passed. This is what I do. And so that way, and I understand how the law works. I mean, I had really good training, really good um, teachers and mentors along the way. And I get, uh, you know, I get help from other members of our network. I mean, we talk to each other. We have a community. We talk to each other on a daily basis. So, you know, th that's the other part of it is I, I think that you want a CPA that doesn't, isn't by themselves, right? Even if they're a sole proprietor, they need to be part of a network of people who actually talk on a regular basis. Not, not a network that, oh, well, well, if I've got a question, I can call up. No, you know, what, what can I, can I go on a, a forum, for example, can I get on the computer and can I ask somebody a question knowing that I'm going to get a response and I'm going to get somebody to help me out with this? Um, because, you know, we can't be doing this alone. It's, it's too hard. It's, there, there's too much there. We have to be able to learn from others. Yeah, I 100% agree. So I want to switch up a little bit. Um, so I'm calling this time, I've kind of came up with my little line, is it's going to be called hashtag the great reset that we're living in right now. For sure. um, that's just what I'm going to call it. Um, what are you, I know we talked before, what are your kind of thoughts? And you obviously, the good thing about talking to somebody like you is, is, you know, we don't have to listen to the news and all that garbage. You actually talk to business owners, you're doing CPA, you know, you're the CPA, you're hearing the stories, you're hearing the struggles. What are you kind of seeing? What are you hearing? Kind of what's your thoughts and like today as we sit here and talk? Uh, well, what's really clear is that some people are thriving and some people are dying. That, and and it, it's sad. It's very sad to watch the people who are dying, right? It's fascinating to watch the people who are changing the way they do business, change, you know, they're looking at how are people consuming? How are people um, behaving? You know, for example, I, I think you and I talked the other day about commercial real estate. I think commercial real estate's toast. I, I do just because, and I'm, and I own commercial real estate, but I think it's toast. And, and the reason is because people are used to zoom calls like this. I don't think, I, I think you're going to see employers that, that, ordinarily would lease 10,000 square feet that are going to lease 3,000 square feet. So I think we need to change the way we think about it. Okay. So, and, and think about all the people who set up like we work, right? Nobody's going to use those spaces anymore. Everybody's used to working from home now. They And plus, if you work from home, you don't have an additional expense. You have an additional benefit because Actually, you have yeah. a tax benefit, yep. right? So you don't have to go spend money on a lease. You can have just a, a portion of your home set aside and get this great tax deduction and deduct your part of your maintenance cost, part of your utilities, right? So uh, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of change in the way pe I mean, people are already changing. You know, we call it the new normal, right? Okay. I actually think a lot of this is the long-term new normal. It's not a short-term new normal. It's a long-term behavior pattern. And the, the business owners and investors who are identifying what exactly is happening and how are people behaving differently and what is that new normal and then adapting them and take, for example, the restaurant, we have a local restaurant that um, they send out, um, they, they're, you know, a neighborhood restaurant, right? So you get on their email list. Yeah. Well, they send out every, every week they're saying, well, here's the special we have that you can take home and you can either cook it yourself or we'll cook it for you. Right. And they put, they, they package it all up and they say, you know, and, and a, a bottle of wine is an extra $10 and you get, you know, you get the, 
you get some gelato with it and, and you know they're packaging this up and you're going oh that sounds really good because we're not going out to eat these days right how do we get something that's just a, a full you know three course meal uh, type situation. Well, there's somebody who's pivoted, who's who's going, we're going to behave differently like this. Well, my guess is they'll continue doing that after this, you know, once this is over, should it ever be over. Okay. And so it's the people who are really innovative. I think that are just, um, those people are, they're not just surviving, they're thriving. And I don't think, you know, there seems to be a people seem to think, well, if you're thriving, you're bad. I'm going, I don't quite understand that, but but then for years, uh, the last several years, it's been if you're rich, you're bad, right? So if you're successful, you're bad. And I'm going, where did we get here, you know, in the US where success was bad? Um, or, uh, you know, being able to, to um, innovate was a bad thing. We want to continue to innovate. We want to continue to be who we are and not try to be like, you know, some other country. Is there any, um, I know you mentioned, uh, I've heard something, I think it was on another podcast you did. Is there anything because of COVID-19, that's what we'll call it, um, basically, obviously, they're doing programs that, you know, can help stimulate, give money to Americans, give money to your business, maybe a loan. But also, is there any tax advantages that are like, I heard one where if you make improvements on your property this year, spend a bunch of capital improvements, you can write off this year, go back five years, depending on the taxes. Yeah, so there's actually two big ones. Um, you, you, you've kind of alluded to both of them. Um, one is, uh, it, let's say that you made some leasehold improvements. Let's say that you're not the owner of the real estate, but you have a business and you went and leased a business in 2018 or 19, and you made some major leasehold improvements. Well, under the law back then, okay, back then, like a year ago, right? <laughs> under the law then, you had to depreciate that or take your deduction over 39 years. They changed the law in the CARES Act. They changed the law. And now you can go back and get bonus depreciation and take 100% of that as a deduction. Now, there's think about this. Let's say you spent $200,000 on improving your office space, right? Or $300,000 improving your office space. Now you've got a $300,000 deduction in 2018. Well, what do you do with that? Well, you have a choice. You can actually take that deduction in 2018, or if you haven't filed your 2019 tax return yet, you can take it in 2019, or you can take it in 2020, 2020. So you, you've got a choice of when you take that big deduction. Now let's say that in 2018, that creates a, a loss for you. Let's say that you had $200,000 of taxable income, you had a $300,000 deduction now, so you have a $100,000 loss, what can you do? Well, you can actually carry that back five years and take a, and, and take a deduction of that $100,000 in 2013 and get your money back. <laughs> yeah. Think about this, let's say that you're buying real estate. So um, one thing that's really clear is that America is going on sale this year, right? absolutely we're going on sale so you go in and buy a property and you find a really good deal this year and it and you have this big bonus depreciation and and because the rest of your business has not done as well because we've all been affected by COVID-19 whether we want to admit it or not we all have been and we end up with the loss for 2020 we can carry that back five years so we can get a refund from previous years on that 
And, and that's true, by the way, any losses in 2018, 19, or 20, we can carry it back five years. One of the questions I get a lot, by the way, so this applies to your people, is if I'm a real estate professional in 2019, but I wasn't a real estate professional in 2014, can I carry back my losses from 2019, 2014? And the answer is yes. Wow. It's the year that the loss was incurred that matters. Okay. Wow. You know, conversely, if, if you had losses that carried over, that, let's say you had a loss in 2014 and you couldn't use it because you weren't a real estate professional and you become a real estate professional in 2019, you don't get all of, a, all of a sudden get to use that. So it goes both ways, but it's a huge benefit that people for, I don't know why it, it seemed to be confused about is that the loss is the year that it's the year you incur the loss that matters, not the year you use the loss. Pretty simple, like you said. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> how's this? Um, how's this changing? I mean, obviously, I know a lot of the time, you know, you're with Robert or whatever. You're traveling. You're speaking. You're out and about. How's this? Yeah, not so much anymore. Business? Huh? Not so much anymore. No. Yeah. Well, how's that affect your business? The Zoom calls and how do you see? How do you see you changing your business moving forward too? With just based on going through this time. Well, I never had a YouTube channel before now. Nice. Uh, have a YouTube channel now. And, uh, uh, you know, instead of doing uh, a couple of podcasts a month, I'm doing a couple of podcasts a week. Nice. And, uh, you know, just really using the social media, people are consuming so much more social media that you to not be out there and delivering content when you have something that's important to say. I don't care who you are. I, I, honestly, I don't care what your business is. If you're in business, you ought to be in business because you have a product or a service that is important to the public. Okay. If you're in business to make money, you frankly should go out of business. I think, I mean, I think that's a terrible reason to be in business, but if you're in business because you have a service, you have a product, you have something you do, you owe it to the public to get that message out. You owe it to the public to be out there as much as possible. I mean, I'm working more and more now than I, than I did before. COVID-19, right? I am spending more time in my studio. I'm uh, um, very fortunate. I happened to build a studio last year next to my house. Um, I had no, by the way, I had no idea this was coming, okay? I just Holy thought son. it would be a good idea to have a studio next to my house because I'm too lazy to drive to my office. <laughs> so, and I had room for it. And I could put solar on top of it. So now I have, I have, uh, I have 60 solar panels on top of my roof. Um, that I built where I built my studio. And by the way, yes, there, are, a write -off. Tax, there are tax benefits for all of this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> there are deductions and tax credits for all of this, okay? Um, awesome. I, 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 I do my own taxes the way I do my clients' taxes. I don't uh, ever suggest something to a client I don't do myself. Um, so I, I just think, uh, you know what? It's, it's a lot of fun, um, frankly. I mean, it's a lot of stress. Don't get me wrong. We're all stressed. Um, I'm uh, I lose sleep every night and I lose sleep because my clients are struggling. I lose, you know, I, I lose sleep because, you know, I have employees who, who might be struggling. So, you know, we're, it's still stressful time. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, there are opportunities um, to serve. You know, one of the things we did um, as a, as a, my own CPA firm, I have a little small CPA firm, handles about 40 clients like Robert Kiyosaki and, 
and uh, Miss, Mr. Sumrock that you mentioned. Um, we, we, when, when this, these new loans came out, we just said, look, any, any questions you have, anything we can help you with, we're not gonna charge you for it. We just think this is an important time for us to serve you. Now that was our personal decision that did not everybody in our network decided to do that, but we did. We just decided, you know what? Um, there are times when you just, you, you just don't worry about money. And I think this is one of those times and you, you do your best. Uh, we have clients who are, you know, having to spread payments over a number of months here. Okay. We're, we're trying to work with them and they're trying to work with us and we're kind of all in this together. And at the same time, we're looking at uh, how do you, how, how do you function? How do you thrive in a new normal? It, it's, it, it's, it's, it's actually, it's, Every day I wake up and going, okay, what do I have to do differently today? Yeah, what's your um, what's your kind of outlook based on opinion and who you're talking to? How do you see this recovery kind of, you know, moving forward? Um, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I, I, you know, I, I think what's important is that we worry more about our own economy than we worry about the economy. Or the global economy, we you know we get stressed out over things we can't control, and we can't control the global economy. We can't control our local economy, but we can control our own economy, and and because everybody is now consuming over the internet, right? I mean, I I've got to tell you one other thing that I was so fortunate. So I was having uh, I, I, like most people, I get my TV through the internet, right? It's not cable TV or anything like that. And uh, my internet was, it was, it was a little slow, right? You know, you get that round circle that goes around and around and around and around and around and around. You go, wait a minute, I'm watching, I'm in the middle, of, this is the exciting part of the movie, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm going, I need higher speed internet. So we actually went out and got the highest speed internet that was possible, um, like two weeks before this happened. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and now everybody wants the high speed internet, right? And it's not always available. So, you know, it's just, you just have to look at those things and go, I, there's certain things I can control and there's a whole lot of stuff I can't control. And so let's control things we can control. One of the most important things you can control is your taxes. That is the number one thing that you think you can't control that you in fact can control. So, you know, why, why pay a big tax bill if you don't have to? Now's when you need that money. The, the government's giving it away right? And yet you're not accepting it. And they've been giving it away for years. It's called the tax law. Okay. But if you don't accept that help, then frankly, you know, that's, that's kind of your issue. You know, that's why you have to look at your economy, your team. I think now the other thing that I would, I would say is that I think now is a time more than ever where who you know and who's on your team is more important than ever I mean, I am on the phone asking um, for help every day. I'm asking, okay, what do I do here? What do I do here? I'm not an, I'm old. I'm like elderly, right? I can't even, some states I couldn't even go out, right? So, <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm not, you know, technology is not, I didn't grow up with it, right? I mean, I grew up with a paper and a pencil, not a pen, paper and a pen, a paper and a pencil, right? An eraser on it, right? That's what I grew up with, green ledger sheets, right? That's what I grew up with. And so 
you know, I'm having to ask people, okay, how do I do, how do I do this? I know I need to respond. I know I need to pivot. I know I need to change what I'm doing, but I need to ask people how to do it. I'm, I'm going to people like you, you know, who, you know, you grew up with this stuff, right? This is, this is always been normal for you. This is easy for you. You know, for me, my brain's not wired that way. So I have to keep asking questions. Well, that's the same, whether it's taxes or real estate or business or investing, you know, why not ask questions? You know, why not ask for help? I think one of the biggest um, mistakes we can make is to think that we can, we have to do it ourselves. You know, we have to be on our own. Um, it's, you know, we're, we're, we're bad if we're wrong. We're bad if we're making a mistake. And, you know, of course, the schools teach us that all the time. Um, now's the time to, you know, it's, it's kind of fun to see um, movie stars that, you know, their hair's gone white and, and, and they're willing to show it, right? It, it's, it's, it's a little refreshing to see that people do need help. They do need a barber, right? They, yeah. they need a hairstylist. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm pretty close to just shaving this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that much to shave anyway, so I might as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, one of the things uh, we kind of tell our clients and people that we talk to all the time is that there's always opportunity. So I think in the last, you know, 10 years, eight or 10 years, when there's been so much opportunity, we've probably missed a lot because you kind of have to pick which opportunity to go with. So now there may be less opportunity, but it's still there. You just have to choose to focus on that instead of the doom and gloom. And there's, there's plenty of opportunity out there to reinvent or make money or whatever it is that you want to do. Well, I always remember my, my parents grew up in the great depression wow. and um, it, it was in, it, when you look at the great depression, there was, there were a lot of people that thrived through the great depression. Okay. A lot of people thrived through the great depression, new businesses were, were started, new technologies were invented. Okay, that happened during the Great Depression. That's gonna happen during this depression as well. And this very well could be a depression. We could be in the next Great Depression, depending on what the government does, frankly, and you know what kind of how things unfold. But either we're gonna come out of this and we're gonna have all the pent up demand that uh, President Trump says we're gonna have, or we're gonna come out, or we're not gonna come out of this for years, right? I mean, I had somebody suggest yesterday that you know it's possible we keep talking about the vaccine, you know, we could get this vaccine. What if we don't have a vaccine? You know, life is, you know, then it really is the new normal, right? How do we adapt to that? So I think the, 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 what we do right now is we take a deep breath and um, look at how do we need to adapt to, you know, the changes and adapt our business and, and, and adapt our investments as well, for sure. And most of all, of course, let's pay less tax. Yeah, no. Um, couple last things. Um, not to end on like a bad note, but um, I know there's with the IRS, there's somebody new running the IRS in charge of the IRS. Before all this, you had a podcast where you said, I'm usually never scared of the IRS, but now I'm scared. And I was like, what? So um, when you say something like that, that obviously is alarming to me. Maybe now things will fizzle because of where we're going with right now. But when you had that podcast, can you kind of go back to what you're talking about? And do you think that will be kind of pushed down a little bit, a little easing because of the times or? I, I, I don't. I, okay. I, I mean, it is right now just because the IRS can't even go get their mail, right? I mean, their buildings are closed. And so, yeah, we're on a little hiatus from the IRS, which is kind of a nice relief, frankly. 
Um, you know, we don't have to pay taxes until July. Um, the, although I have a client that's just got to notice that a new IRS audit is starting up, you know? Wow. Yeah. So they're, you know, they'll, they have to collect money. I mean, understand that that is their job and the IRS, they're not, you know, these aren't bad people, right? These are people trying to do a very difficult job. Um, the, pr frankly, nobody, I mean, can you imagine having a job where your best customers hate the sight of you and don't ever want to hear from you? I mean, <laughs> that is, <laughs> I can't imagine, seriously, I'd rather be a proctologist. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just can't imagine having that job. Um, the, the, the new IRS, uh, um, commissioner is a tax attorney and he's a well-known tax attorney and um, uh, I always liked him before he's turned to the dark side which uh, uh, was disappointing that he turned to the dark side so quickly and uh, he's starting to throw his weight around so you know hopefully you know the good news is this is this is the United States of America so we have um, a voice right not every country you do have a voice and we have a voice and and some of our voices we spend it with our dollars right we you know it's always uh interesting when somebody complains about uh uh billionaires and then they order everything on amazon I'm going, <laughs> you're the ones creating the billionaire yeah. so, <laughs> so so you know i would just say use your voice you know pay attention to how you use your voice um but with taxes it's it's um it, it's it's really something where if you, once you, when you understand the law, you don't have to be afraid of anything. So yeah, you know, people, you know, I, I think we're going to see a lot more IRS audits in the, in the future. Um, the IRS got huge funding under the CARES Act uh, that went un completely unnoticed, right? But they got huge additional funding under the CARES Act. How, how, that, how that applies to the virus, I don't understand but they got big, big funding. I mean, hundreds of, you know, billions, hundreds of billions of dollars of additional wow. funding. So um, they're not going away, they have a job to do. And uh, you know, if we understand the law, if we know what we're doing and we're, you know, partnering appropriately with the, with the government, we're gonna be fine. Um, before I kind of talk a little bit about just kind of where people can find you and learn more about you, what do you think after doing this for so long, traveling the world, talking to so many people, the books, everything, what do you think is probably the most important um, few topics or things people should think about when they think about tax and strategies that you would just throw out there, somebody listening? Well, I, I would say, first of all, that who you have on your team is probably the most important thing. Um, having a good tax advisor, as, as you've said, makes all the difference in the world. Um, second of all, it is your money. You know, just like you said, nobody cares more about your money than you do. And so make sure that you pay attention to your money. I mean, be a, an active participant. The most important person on your team is you. And uh, so don't, don't forget that. Don't forget that you need a bookkeeper on your team. Don't forget you need an attorney on your team. Right now, more than ever, you need a banker on your team. Okay. You need insurance agents on your team. I mean, you have, there's this, this team that you have to have you know, investing in business, they're not individual sports, they're team sports. So, you know, that would be, you know, I think the most important. And, and second of all, just, you know, don't, don't worry too much. Just get, you know, pay attention to your advisors. Remember that you're looking forward, not backward. Okay. Think about what you can control, like your taxes versus what you can't control, like the economy. 
All right. And then always look for, you know, always look for the opportunity. And there's lots of opportunity out there. And there's lots of opportunity to reduce your taxes, build your wealth, and, um, and have, have a great life, even when, you know, you're, you know, isolated with your, uh, with, with, with your spouse and small children. Um, so in wrapping, I know you have your CPA firm, but then you have wealth, wealth ability. Can you kind of talk about if, where people find you and then if they do find you and they do sign up, how does that work? I know there's a conversation, but what that kind of process looks like and what they can expect to get from, you know, your company and your network? Sure. What, what we do is we match you up with a CPA who's been trained in our network. Um, that will help you produce a long-term plan of action to reduce your taxes. Typically, we find with entrepreneurs and investors, typically we're going to um, be successful reducing your taxes by about 10 to 40% within about three months. Okay. And that's a permanent long-term solution. Okay. We're not going to put you in a pension plan or a 401k or something like that. Okay. We're going to put, we're going to have you change the way you behave so that you get the benefits that the government wants to give you if you behave the way they want you to. Okay, that's what we're going to do. So we're gonna match you up. We don't charge you a fee, we do charge them a fee. We charge the CPAs, but we don't charge you. So you're gonna, basically, you're gonna start with creating a plan of action. And that's, to me, that's the one thing that most people don't get, is that taking the time to create the strategy is the most important thing they can do. It, it's no different than being a, an investor, right? If you go out and you, th you, you have to make a new decision every time you make an investment, you're in trouble. But if you can make a single decision and then go out and uh, you know, just look for investments that, that work within your parameters, and so you're making the same, you have one decision, you just apply it over and over and over again, you're gonna be successful. You're going to be really successful. The same is true from a tax standpoint. You want to reduce your taxes. Um, you've got to you've got to be looking at what do I have to do on a daily basis? What's my long term plan of action for reducing taxes? Um, sometimes it's going to take you know it's fast you know and it's a year that you get to zero, and sometimes it takes you four or five years to get down to zero. But everybody can do it. You know that's the other thing is it's it's don't feel like well I'm not a professional investor so I can't do this or you know, I'm just starting out, so I'm not big enough. I can't do this. Uh, understand that the tax law is fair. It, it applies equally to everybody who will do what the government wants done. And um, so, you know, come to us, you know, if it's wealthability.com. It's just wealthability.com and schedule a call, right? There's a button, schedule a call. And, uh, you know, we're happy to help any way we can. If, if we're not a good fit, we will tell you we're not a good fit. Um, but we do have 35, um, and this isn't 35 individuals, this is 35 firms, um, wow. CPA firms around the country, and we add CPA firms. And uh, the other thing I would throw out there is if you have a CPA and you go, I really like my CPA, they just don't get this, we'll send them to us. We'll train them, okay? We'll, we'll teach them how, how to do what we do, and we're happy to do that too. We're just, uh, we're a bit out to change the world here. So it's just wealthability.com. And, and I would also encourage you very much that, you know, we're reading a lot right now. So I would encourage, you know, this is, this is the book, Tax-Free Wealth, right here. Yep, yep. And I, I really would encourage, uh, it's on Audible. Um, if you can't, um, if Barnes & Noble, if, uh, if uh, you can't go to Barnes & Noble because they're closed, right? Or you can't order it on Amazon because they're not delivering books, okay? You can always get it on Audible. You can always get it on iBooks. 
right? So it's always available. And, uh, and that's where you get, that's where you learn the process. It's really the context. What do I have to do? And then, and then uh, call us and we'll help you find a good advisor. Awesome. Well, Tom, um, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for the time. And like I said on our call, thank you so much um, for all the, you give back and traveling and the podcasts and the books and all that. I, I know some people might not think you know, but it's to people that are in our younger generation. I was telling you is we're pushing hard because there's a lot of people that are making a lot of money. But like I told you, they're going to look back in 20 years as either they paid 60% of their taxes and they really didn't gain much or they simply sit down, get the right team, learn and focus and spend some time. And they can be at a really different place in their life in 20 years. And that's really what we're trying to educate and push out there. So I appreciate you helping and pushing that message out. Well, thank you. Thanks for the, uh, taking the time to do the financial education. You know, we need more and more people um, pushing this message out because it's a, it's, a, it's a very important message because this is our livelihood. You know, people who are prepared for this crisis are doing okay. And there are some people who were very well prepared. And, yeah. I, you know, I'll admit 2008, I was not prepared for that crisis. And I really struggled for a number of years. Um, this crisis, I listened and I'm a lot more prepared for. So, you know, let's help each other and let's, uh, let's prepare for what's coming next. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, thanks so much, Tom. Well, thanks, Tom. It's been a hey, pleasure. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Okay, bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.